Let me ask you, are you someone with hair? Well, if you answered yes to that question, do I have the product for you? Visit ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off because the goal with Modern Mammals is to try and keep your hair and head natural. Since I've been using it, that's exactly what I've experienced. I very much prefer it. I don't know if I'm ever going to switch back. Probably not, to tell you the truth. And this means that it doesn't distort your pH balance and natural oils like shampoo would. Unlike shampoo, the products don't have a harsh detergent that suds up and dries out your head and hair. It's just lighter than traditional shampoo. And unlike conditioners, it doesn't leave hair limp and frizzy. Like, you don't want that Seinfeld in the shower like Rory McIlroy had it once too, where it's just like a, a mop on your head. You don't want that. And if you use modern mammals, that's not going to happen. It's designed to make your hair feel thicker. And my hair at the moment feels so thick, you can't even pull it out. Plus, the products are easy to rinse out, so there's no leftover residue to weigh hair down. So, Go to ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code MAYO. Don't forget to use my promo code MAYO so they know I sent you. More details in the description. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, Charles Schwab, Challenge, Picks, Bets, One and Done, plus a PGA recap. The Listener's League is now available. It's down in the description. Only 2,000 spots this week because they got to it late, so it's going to fill very, very quickly. So I suggest that you get into that right now. Smash the like while you're here as well. Give me your winner, or at least your favorite uh, longer shot play, down in the description. Jeff Feinberg is on the line with me. Guess we should have seen it coming. Brooks Kepka, huh? Easy game. The king is back. <laughs> the king is back. Second at the Masters, just long demanding Northeast golf course. What we watched him do on Friday in our cut sweat, like just make all those pars on the first nine is Friday was a hellhole and then come home like a banana. Uh, incredible. Congrats to Brooks. Congrats to his backers. I think it is so rare in this outright golf betting game, Pat, where I think the books actually take a, a hit of any sort of consequence. Maybe it was a small one, but they, it felt like, like it was, um, they could have congrats to all the Brooks people. There were many of them and many of them like forcefully in, in the camp. And even as big as uh, I think 40, 45 to one on Thursday night. So even, even better. Yeah. Put him back on his throne. It's just um, perfect. It just feels normal. Like we're back in an old, an old time. Like we've been here before credit. Like he was amazing. There's nothing else to say. My prince is still a prince and Brooks is the king of Kings. (laughs) The king. You truly are the king. King of Kings. <laughs> well, like five, Jeff is doing his Ben Hur impression. He's got five. Like five is is rare. Like it's so. I don't even know. Wax people watching our show know what five means. Four was already a, a cloud above mortals. And now we're like stepping clouds into like ultra rarefied. So credit to him. I'm certainly probably not the last. Um, yeah. Well, 
a cloud stepper. I don't think I've ever heard that before, but since we do a recap for the majors, we thought it'd be fun to have a habitual cloud stepper on the line. His name, Tim Andergust. Tim Andergust. <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> Are you not a habitual cloud stepper? <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> Listen, Brooks Brooks is back on his throne, and for a day, Tim gets to get on his throne. He puts his medal back on to celebrate a past marathon accomplishment. Absolutely. So credit to everybody. Congrats. And Brooks can absolutely win this week, too. And You should probably bet him. Oh, I made a live bet. Are you they, should. They're playing this week? Yeah, yeah they're playing at Trump National okay, in D.C. Pat, do you want to know the Brooks effect? I had books that they literally don't even put out live odds until Wednesday. Wednesday. They start Friday. Yeah. So Wednesday. They were up this morning before PGA. I mm-hmm. hit Bryson 24 to 1 enhanced. I see it. Long Fazio, Long Fazio course. That was the, uh, that, that, I bet that was my first bet of the morning when people talk about first clicks. Yeah. He's, he's still lingering there at 24 to 1 as well. Interesting. All I've heard is it's a long Fazio course um, in D.C. Brooks has played well in Maryland. That counts for anything. Has he played well <laughs> in Bryson, 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 Bryson. Yeah. Where did he play well in Maryland? I wasn't there the second place. I'll find it for you right now. Congressional? Uh, but, but, but he lost in a playoff? He lost in a playoff or he won in a playoff at Muirfield Village, but that's in Ohio. Okay, he lost in a playoff on a Fazio design to Cantley in Maryland. Was that it? Like if a BM, like I don't know. BMW. That's just like a minor. That's a minor design geography comp. It's just long, and that was enough. When I looked at the course they're playing, I saw it was long, and I'm like, I'm betting Bryson at twenty four to one. I would Thomas Peters. He, he should be up. Well, I bet him every week on live, <laughs> every week. But I assume Bryson today would be up with like Cam Smith. 12 14 to 1 with dj sort of and the live betting board anyhow that's um that's here nor there but i do have a bryson live bet already locked for the week yeah l- looking at the odds right now he is the same odds as uline and harold varner and behind mito and charles howell the third that's interesting coming off a really nice pga championship were you happy to have bryson back in your life for just a little touched him I was well for some of us he hasn't been out of our lives for some of us we've been watching all the all the professional golf tours uh, the two top ones so I, I mean it's not like Bryson lives in a different world to me but it was delightful to see Bryson looking healthier looking happier swinging freely um he is totally live for Los Angeles Country Club um it's gonna be he, he's looking good he's looking I, I was delighted to see how how Bryson played and and do- it's weird with Brooks winning because it did feel like there were certain live guys still getting the live treatment on the broadcast as in Patrick Reed was making a run at one point. He was three under through six holes and before the leaders actually like completely teed off. So he was within, what was it like four of the lead or something like that. And he, he and Cam Smith were the two hottest guys on the course at that moment in time. And they were showing a ton of Cam Smith. Straka was another one who was hot and they showed all of him and just Patrick Reed. They showed him, they showed him make birdie on one. And then it's, like he didn't exist anymore i actually thought because it was, people I, I, don't want to see him that's not a live thing that's a people despise patrick reed thing i don't know 
Two years ago, they would have shown almost exactly the same amount of Patrick Reed shots. The fewest possible required. But Bryson, <laughs> Bryson got dropped pretty quickly, too, as soon as, like, unless he was making birdie. Sure. There was just not a whole lot of Bryson going on. Like, at one point, they, like, ran a vignette over his shot, didn't show it at all. And he was playing with Connors, and they cut back to Connors. Yeah. That's a, that's fair. That's fair. This was the greatest weekend possible for the PGA Tour, even with a live guy winning. This was, like, the perfect weekend for the PGA Tour. Because the story of the championship isn't that the live guy won. Liv is, like, the, the Brooks is the second-order story. And the PGA can talk about their tour. The, we talk about Michael Michael Block and talk about how him going to Colonial and him going to the Canadian Open are like the biggest stories in golf right now. Like it or, or not, think it's justified or not, that's fine. These are stories that transcends golf. These are the story of the sport world right now. And Brooks Kepka winning his fifth major championship and Liv having now won two of the last three majors, Cam Smith and Brooks, doesn't matter. That's a second-order question compared to Michael Block. So the PGA Tour must be... They were so happy about the circumstance that their actual Twitter account tweeted a congratulations tweet out to Brooks Kepke yesterday, which I don't think they would have done had that been the biggest story in the golf world. That's See, Brooks never burned bridges. The only bridges that really feel like they've been burned are the European older guys, though, and right? Phil. And Phil. And Phil, like Brooks, DJ, like it didn't feel like. Am I wrong though? Am I not? Am no, I, no, I, I, I know I, what I, I just said I, is wrong. I, I, I would frame it this way: is that uh, if any live guy could win, Brooks is the best outcome for the PGA Tour because he seems like the most non-live live guy. Because he just doesn't seem to care. He doesn't wear the team gear. He doesn't do any of that shit. He's still a Nike guy. There's all the backdoor channels that he's trying to get back on the PGA Tour. The only reason he went to live in the first place is because he thought he was so hurt that he would never get back to this form again. And it's working out well for Liv. I do want to say, though, you can't say Liv has won two of the past three when Cam Smith wasn't That's what I said. I said Liv players have won two yeah. of the last it, three majors. But he, was, but, but, he, what he's... but he wasn't a Liv player when he won. You're right. No, I but the players that. are currently... I get what Tim said. I you can't really dispute it. They they own two of the last three major okay, chips. Okay. I mean, if the USGA can throw people off out of the US Open because they were eligible and had to qualify for the FedEx Cup, then we can do the same thing here. And Brooks, I mean, like there's no point in relitigating it because he just won a major. But I do think like it is sad to think in a way that he left because he didn't, he lost some self belief and they were giving all this, all of this money. But the, but he is the perfect live player because he never cared about PGA events. He gets all this money and he's proven he can still, when healthy, get himself in the perfect position to be at the top of the board in these majors. And the only and thing that can, ticket. the yeah. only thing that can stop this guy is, uh, is a slippery pool deck. <laughs> no, like that's the old, like, right. He was recovering from an injury and the legend, the myth is he slipped at a pool party. Uh, you know, I almost slipped like three times last summer on, at pool parties off my bad wheel. Did so you, I, dangerous. It, after, like, after you win a golf bet, do you walk out to your car and have like the 20 of your closest bros congratulate you? <laughs> 
I don't know, that was set up weird. We've seen Brooks like win majors and like you know go to the club. That that was weird. I don't know. Well, the walk the, 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 get on a jet it, it, to, it was, to was, Florida for it, Game Four. Well, he had to get on a jet to get to the fucking clubhouse to sign his scorecard. It was the longest oh, walk in God. history. It was like that pan from Goodfellas as they go through the restaurant. That's essentially what it was like. <laughs> I did enjoy the that. The only it, thing I, annoying. Go go go! You go go. I still think it was annoying when Brooks, when asked why he was going to live, said, why do you like made it like, why do you care? Why do you care? It's like, that'd be like telling Packer or football fans, like, why do you care that Aaron Rodgers like doesn't want to play? Like, I don't know. We just, cause we care. Like that was just a really weird answer. But as it was said at the time, like live is the perfect place for him, if he truly lives by the I don't give a shit about the other events. Now he just gets like huge gobs to pay play a sprinkle of events. Well, like he's the man. Well, he's Tim man. and his oh and God. all his exemptions get totally reset for like the masters. If they were gonna play extreme hardball on world rankings um and things. And that's probably only a matter of time before he wins that. I mean, he was in next year's Masters regardless for finishing second. But yeah, no, right. but the like he gets a total reset clock. Correct. Exceptions. That's Correct. all. I, and and that like and obviously he has the PGA and the U.S. Open ones, but that Masters one, if they if the world ranking people really ended up being like scum of the earth, like God, whatever, then that'd have been horrible. Mm-hmm. He he also won an exemption to this week's KLM Dutch Open if he wants to play. And he also made the Ryder Cup team. He hasn't made the Ryder Cup team. He's now second in the standings. He still needs, to, in order to, on, on, I think he needs two top tens at the final two majors in order, because the other guys are going to build up a whole bunch of points directly behind him as well. And as someone pointed out, the leaderboard shook down, shook down great for him in terms of other guys not getting points. Like there was no Morikawa, no Justin Thomas. Spieth ended up falling back. Uh, Sam Burns, you know, shot 110 billion over par. So he wasn't able to make up any ground ever. So now it's just Scheffler and Brooks at the top. Those other guys are going to collect points along the way. Just you wait until Michael Block plays great in oh these tournaments. God. They have to make him a. They have to make him a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. It, Vice captain. W- 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 would you say if I gave you two scenarios this week for Colonial with Michael Block in the field? What do you think is more likely to happen, Jeff? A top ten finish or dead fucking last? It's not even close. Like dead last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, they I get- went. They made it so much where you know, I almost agree with as much as people think I don't listen or I totally hate the uh, a certain podcast. It's just one guy on the podcast. Really annoying. Um, <laughs> soft as baby shit. I like the whole other crew. They made a great point. Like they made it. They got it to the point where they turned a great story and had everyone but Tim like can't stand the guy. I don't think really that's anybody's no, 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 view. No, no. no. That, that, nobody's view. That, that is the view of like People who are, like, sad about themselves on Twitter. I was watching, I was at the gym this morning, CNN was on in the background, and they were talking about that. So I don't think that, like, 98% of people are actually annoyed by Michael There's Block. nothing it's cynical. Like, it's, it's like a it's great like, Neil it's like, story. It's, a, it's Twitter assholes who are, like, it's, a, it is a, it's legitimately a great story. Great story. And, if you're upset, touch grass. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree with you on that. Because it was, it, it was annoying during like when we were doing the cut sweat show or even on Thursday when it was like, Hey, we'll show Adam Scott and Michael block. 
And that's all that they were showing. That didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, but he was playing with Rory. We got just as much Rory as we did Michael Block, and Michael Block was playing about as well as Rory was until the very end, and it was high drama, and there was real stakes, and it's the reason why I think a lot of us push back against these elevated events and especially limiting the field when it comes to the elevated events. I remember us talking in Phoenix when we got the first one under our belts that one of the best stories about Phoenix, I mean, Scheffler winning was awesome. JT was making a run. He was up there. Cantley was, I think it was Cantley, Cantley or Xander, whoever it was. But the real story in all of this would be how much Nick Taylor's life would change playing in that final group. It was Rom who was in the final group with them. But like that's that was sort of the story other than like the big names. Like, hey, here's this guy. He's one twice on the PGA Tour, this would be a monumental win for his career. It would solidify his tour card. It would set him up for life. And that was sort of, you know, the higher-end version of what we were seeing with Michael Block because the guy was a two-time PGA Tour winner to begin with. But that's the sort of drama and the sort of storytelling that they are missing a lot of the times if they're just... And, it's, I mean, it's one of the main reasons... You brought it up with Liv. Like, Liv had this last year when that college dude won. It was like, oh, shit. Like, here we go. But it's hard to create new stars and new storylines every single week to give people some variety. This this is probably never going to happen again, something like this. And that's what made it oh. so fun to root for. Yeah. My wife it was magi- it was enjoyed magical. it. Like, people I was with enjoyed it. It was, yeah, I mean, there are certain points, I think, on, um, what was it? I guess Saturday. Like, he'd hit these, he'd hit a green in two and be like, he'd act like me hitting like the long par four and two at my course, which I never do in two and like looking like trying to, and like taking applause from people. Like it was very, like, that was the only thing. Like uh, there were some moments on Thursday where he was annoying me, but that was just cause it was late in the day. And, and I had bets like, that's all that was. Jeff wants to it bash him so story. badly. But he realizes he's Jeff wants to bash him so bad. No, 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 no. He's come into a spot where he knows you and I feel very differently. That how he feels like he's got to backtrack and not take the Hold on. I didn't insult this guy one time. Yeah, but you want to. You know you know better. You know you know better publicly than go out and bash poor Michael Block. Like I don't really care. To be perfectly honest with you, it doesn't really make a difference to me. But I was watching it with my wife, and she got invested in the Michael Block story. Like that's that, what that, I just said. That, that's what we want to see. No, no, Tim, don't make me out to be one of those people. My Twitter feed was, other than making fun of you, my Twitter feed was <laughs> encouraging. I love the reactions from his home home club. I'm saying on Saturday, when I have like bets, his like aw shucks face for like hitting a golf shot was like annoying me. But it wasn't one of these people like this story's bullshit. Stop telling me the story. Do you agree with the RCGA offering him the spot at the Canadian Open or not? Listen, I don't. It's a bad break for it's a bad break for other guys in that exemption circuit. I tell you, this guy just just gas can them all. I I, year. I I think it was a bad idea by the Canadian Open to give him a spot. I would have waited to see how he does at Colonial this week because Good if, point. It really feels like he might come last place. And then if he comes in last place, you're going to have some Canadian media. Why don't you give that to some Canadian club pro? No, I mean, who can I think it was the right thing to do. Give him two exemptions. And if he doesn't play very any of his next year's PGA, like if he doesn't play well, great. Then it was a story. Send him a master's invite. And it was fun. If he plays really well at either of these two tournaments, the U.S. Open should absolutely extend him an invite. If he plays like, if he finishes in the top 10 of either tournament, just give it to him. Who cares? How old is he? 46. 47. 46. Oh, so, he's, so, like, what? He should just be given temporary membership on the Champions Tour in four years. 
Yeah, but no one will remember him at that point. But, like, take advantage. The PGA Tour has caught lightning in a bottle here. And so, like, take advantage. No, no, no. Like, this the, is a the, great, the, fun story. It is a great fun story. To say they've caught lightning in a bottle, I really feel like that bottle was contained once that tournament was over. They're going to try to extend it this week. It's probably not going to work. And, listen, it'd be great if it did. And the guy, like, contends to win at Colonial, which I just don't see happening. But... This feels like it's it. It's run its course. It was a one week story. Okay. It was great. But we thought we thought that after every round of the PGA. Sure. But it was the same course over and over. I mean, it's not like this guy hasn't okay. played on the PGA tour this year. He's played three other tournaments, basically came last. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you. And that's probably what's gonna happen. But two tournaments, give him a chance. If he if he crashes out, hey, you know what? Then it was a fun story. I, I have no issue with it. Is There's- he getting featured group, Pat? He'll be, he, I mean, they kind of joked about With it on speed. the broadcast that, I mean, this would be the day, this would be the tournament to put him into the featured group because Nance was joking that he'd be on the featured group next year for the PGA Championship. Like, there's no fucking chance that that's going to happen. Yeah, g- give him a featured group this week. Let him play with Scheffler and Spieth or something like that. A hundred percent. See, that will, bo- I have no issues with that. I have no issues with that at all. That will bother a lot of people. Who cares? I Fuck could them. care less. <laughs> You know, I'm not even barely watching on Thursday anyway for that to bother me at Columbia. Think about the random jabronis that you get in featured groups anyway on a week-to-week basis. Like, who cares? It's like, I can't believe they put him in a featured group over Steven Henley. Steven Yeager had him uh, finished better. Actually, I don't even think he did end up finishing better. But either way, Steven Yeager, I have him on my DraftKings team. How dare you put Michael Block in there? Like, if you're going to How get- owned is he going to be in DraftKings? Oh, I mean, it is the, I actually, I don't know. I'm going to talk about, obviously I'll talk about this with Tambo on Wednesday. I I think it does depend on his price, but if he, if he's not the minimum, I don't see how that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he did. (laughs) Really? Guy who just finished top 15 at a major? He's minimum? Uh, Yeah, look at the the betting odds. I mean, uh, I've looked at odds. I've made bets, but I don't go down that far. I didn't even look. What what, what are his odds, Pat? He's 400 to 1. Like, he is the same odds to win this tournament as Kramer Hickok and Russell Knox. That's pretty jokes, but whatever. And he has the same odds, Tim, as your guy, Adam Long. I do like Adam Long. Uh (laughs) 400 to 1 doesn't seem like an outrageous number. It's a pretty outrageous it's a pretty outrageous number. Do you know who else is in this tournament, Tim? No. Your boy straight out of Compton. No way. Yeah. That would be great to see him do well too. He's I the, wouldn't even a put a dollar on Okay, block if he was a million to 1. Michael Block really? has better odds to win this tournament than Kevin Kisner does. Unless it's rigged. Well, there was an Uh-oh. there was an element that it kind of felt like it was. As, I was waiting for this. I was waiting for I mean, one of you two to bring up the conspiracy thinking. Well, I, and I'm glad to see that both of you couldn't help yourself. That ace, there no, was I a mean, magnet in that ball, wasn't there, Jeff? I don't know. I'm out not mag- saying yesterday was, was rigged. It just I'm saying yesterday was rigged. I'm saying the, maybe they'll rig it for this one. No, there was a magnet in the cup, and that's why the ball smashed that part of the hole when it went in to get rid of the magnet to cover up the evidence. Uh, the truth between is out there, people. Winning, between this and Phil winning, holy shit, does the PGA have a Truman Show like apparatus? Or what Mito did last year? Like they, they, they called it in on poor Mito. What a glorious tournament! And to see like every player, essentially ninety-eight percent of the players, just 
applaud the setup seeing a guy like shane lowry say this is the best major championship setup i've ever played and he's a true mother or a true like you know shitty setup kind of guy is where he could peak i don't know what a great job it brooks oh, sorry brooks is just unstoppable man there was only two back, back to block back to block there was only two instances of Brooks not being unstoppable on Sunday. It was directly after both times Tim tweeted. <laughs> were, that were, was unfortunate. Were, were you sweating that a little bit? Yeah, I was getting I was getting concerned. Yes, I was getting concerned. Because at one point he was up four strokes and he was just he was in the slot. And then next thing you know, boom, he makes that ridiculous shot. Oh, here's what I want to say. I think Brooks should write a check to Hovland's caddy. Because the fact that Hovland's caddy would allow him to hit the exact same club in 16 in that bunker that Connors hit the day before in the same spot, I don't know how the caddy doesn't throw his body in front of Hovland. You can't hit a nine iron out of that bunker. It can't be done. Why did he try to do that? They, th he lost by two strokes. He took a double on the hole. All he had to do was make par, and that thing goes to a playoff. How can that possibly happen it's not some obscure person who made a double in that bunker in that spot it was the guy who was leading the tournament saturday and everyone knows what club he hit how in the world at that level can that mistake possibly be made i thought it was i mean you don't know what's going through people's heads at the time i'm sure there was lots of people in that bunker all week who didn't get stuck and that's the one that you remember because it happened and then it happens again but there's probably like 100 people in that bunker all week, and it didn't happen to them. But just because we didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. That'd be like the Patrick Reed win. If Patrick Reed had somehow won this tournament, because he would have finished way before everyone else, like, let's say he posts at minus five, and then conditions get, like, absolutely horrific, everyone falls back. Would he be still be considered champion of the tournament if we didn't see a shot of his? <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> I, a good question. I was really hoping that that was going to... That's what I was rooting for, because all my guys were way out of it uh, at that point. But I... as. Paul brought up, and I, I kind of agreed. I'll see how you feel about this, Jeff. Although all the guys that I bet on were absolute dog shit, and I didn't really have anyone coming down the stretch. I thought it was one of the most compelling major championships just to sit back and watch in a long time. I loved it. I was enthralled. Um, just it like the major championship duel, I didn't predict like we wanted. Like, wouldn't it be one like Brooks versus Victor? Wouldn't it be one you'd be like, oh, if I could pick them. But it was as good as anything you could like pick of your own choosing. Brooks got out to that huge or, you know, blow through those punches early. Victor just answered all day. Victor hung around. It was in, it was incredible. It was incredible. I love Victor. I'm an apologist for Victor. There's nothing to um, there's he, nothing to apologize for with Victor and how he played on Sunday. Outside of one bad mistake, he played great. He mm -hmm. shot he shot two under in the final round. Most days, that would probably be good enough to win. The only thing that I was fearing the entire time that somehow Scheffler was going to fucking win and just Scheffler brought a C game to the tournament. Yeah. Other than Thursday, he brought his or Friday, he brought his C game. Hey. He should have shot worse on Saturday. He had that ball skip off the water. He should have <laughs> taken two more strokes. Like, but Scheffler did not play well and had an you know a ten percent chance to win that tournament uh, as it as the turn was made. <sighs> Padded room memes just sent me the thumbnail for this uh, for this show. Oh no. What do you think it is? Is it Michael Block related? It has to be Michael it, Block related. It, it is Michael Block. It's just Michael Block with his arm around Jeff. <laughs> Why? 
Because everybody sort of suspected that if of the three of us, you would have no. the least positive reaction. No, I, I had the same reaction as everybody, except on the end of Saturday when, like, just make your stance. Getting... I hate Michael Block. You can just say not it. Not a chance. See, this is this is made up. Like you can just if see he takes my, my locker at the Canadian Open, I'll leave my club. If he wants, listen, I'll. I'm just saying, if I was I hated Michael Block or he was annoying me on the weekend, I tweet when I feel strongly about things. I never tweeted that. All my oh, tweets were good, Michael Block things. I almost sent a tweet yesterday, and my wife stopped me from sending it. Because I got confused about what was going on during, and I rewound it. I even took the video on my phone of it because I was so confused that when Brooks was getting the Wanamaker in the background, you had like all your like you know old fuddy duddies with their blue suits yeah. on, and there was this one Asian dude in the background, and he wasn't clapping; he was just going like this. He was just doing jazz hands. I was like, "Oh what? yeah, that's what? how people that he must have been signing." He was signing. I didn't realize that because I have no fucking clue. My wife's like, "Yeah, you might not want to send that one out." I was like, "Ah." Yeah, good no, call, good call on that one. I was like, who's the sign just, language for applause? Yeah, he's just doing jazz hands behind Brooks. It was the weirdest thing. Also, Michael Block is in the shot of uh, Brooks getting the trophy. If you notice closely, like, if, don't tell me that wasn't framed in a particular way. Sure. Uh, I just loved it. I just, I, it, it's great. It's, it, I kind of feel a little bit for Brooks, but Brooks couldn't care less. Oh, four that, like, years his, ago, Brooks would have been annoyed. Four years ago, five years ago, younger Brooks would have been annoyed. This guy was stealing some of his rub. <laughs> and now I feel like Brooks couldn't care less. He just won his fifth major. He should have won the Masters. Oh, um, yeah. Should it, Should he have won the Masters? Rom played great on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but Brooks sort of threw it away. And look, if Brooks plays his best, if he's not the betting favorite at the U.S. Open, there's value on him because he ought to be. I, I, I shouldn't. I'm not saying he should have won the Masters, but he was right there and he could have won the Masters. So that counts for a lot. Um, I, I would actually say that Rom should be the heavy favorite at LA Country Club. When you get to California courses, just John Rom, Max Homa, Colin Morikawa, those are your guys. But, okay, so also <laughs> let's talk about this because old PGA Brooks, when there was like a schedule and we did states. My memory is he never liked California, despite playing really well at the major at Pebble. Um, and he only sort of felt forced back there when Tiger took over the Genesis. and like, Tiger sending you an invitation, I'm going. But he, he seemed to never like uh, Tory. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm making that up. Uh, he, you're right. He's he, obviously a New York State golfer. Yeah, he, he gagged at Harding Park, too. Wasn't he winning at Harding Park? He was leading, yeah, and he finished like twenty third or something. Yeah, yeah. So really what bad you're saying Sunday. to me though is, based on Pebble and Harding Park, just because he doesn't like going, at, like California golf isn't his choice. When there's a major championship there, he's still going to play pretty well. He, he was so T. He was T four. He was T four at Tory in the twenty twenty one U.S. Open. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I was, I, 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 I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it. that he has no chance of winning at L.A. Country Club. It's just when you get to California, there's like five guys who just. For whatever reason, I mean, it's probably because they're from there or they're comfortable with the green types, the rough types, the Kikuya grass, whatever it might be. It's just that they perform so much better than their baseline in California. And Rom is one of those guys. The guy just dominates in California. Yeah. I just remember Brooks saying he didn't like, like he kept it off his, he would try to avoid them. He went there for majors and Tiger. Well, if it wasn't for winning majors and like cheering for the Florida Panthers, what does Brook like? Hanging out at the pool, just being a dude's dude. I don't know, drinking Michelobes, like being alpha, like pretty cool guy. 
Did, did you appreciate how Bryson's the new Ricky, the the first guy to give <laughs> first player to give Brooks a handshake? Although it was probably because Brooks finished like thirty minutes before and he was just walking back from where he had to sign his scorecard. You're probably right, and no. I don't want to go there yet because I feel like we all feel like it's only a matter of time, but I need to acknowledge that I felt it was only a matter of time with Ricky until I no longer felt it was a matter of time. Um, So like Victor having this year, like Ricky did where maybe we do like T five and all these majors. um, I don't know. I just hate wasting opportunities. Although I don't know how many, it almost felt like the first couple it was like Vic was like kind of happy to be there, and this one he's like, no, I'm gonna actually try to win this thing. If that makes any sense, or maybe I'm just being an apologist. I don't know. I, I don't see why LA Country Club doesn't set up really well for Victor. He's won at Riviera. He was the low am at Pebble Beach when they had the U.S. Open there. Like he's done well in California in his career. He almost won Tory that year as well, not for the U.S. Open. He almost won it the year that Patrick Reed won. I think he was in the lead until he, yeah, sc- he, he shot sc- the green twice on the weekend, the yeah, same hole. The same hole. I he think like it was number OB'd 12. The same hole. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no reason why he couldn't win, right? He didn't win at Riviera. I'm expecting him to play great. No, he lost to Neiman at Riviera. That's what happened. But he's been great at Riviera in his career. He just played really well at the California courses. And what was what was Tory Pines? Was that 2021? Oh shit. 21. That, he withdrew. Because he, he withdrew had the he had the sand, he got the sand in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he hasn't he's had three top tens in a major, but yeah. they've all been his last three tournaments. It's pretty good. So yeah, like he's hitting his like the U.S. Open, uh, this was not his fault, uh, really. He got beat. The Open Championship, he had a really bad strategy and got beat playing bad strategy at St. Andrews. But he lulled and he was Rory never... into sleep, and then Cam Smith came from behind. Yeah, essentially, he did to Rory what my friend did to me the time we played Risk, and he stole all the pro- – all the he put all his, all his armies in the same co- countries next to me so that I couldn't win, but it also meant that he couldn't win. And so that's basically what Victor did to himself at the Open Championship. He never, he he never really was ever going to win the Masters, and he just got beat. Uh, he just got beat by Brooks uh, today. So yeah, we're I don't I don't I don't put that on him. We're playing Cabot with that same friend next week. Should we bring the risk board to see if he? No, I won't play with him ever again with that risk. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, number one goal is to make me not win. Well, congratulations, pal. You did it. You can't win either. But anyway, uh, Victor is absolutely live to uh, to win the the U.S. Open, but like. Still pick Brooks, probably. Well, you picked Brooks in the Masters, and he didn't win. And then you didn't pick him at the PGA Championship, and I he picked, did win. Yeah. I mean, Brooks is, is certainly live. Imagine having three U.S. Opens and three PGA Championships and being there with Nick Faldo. It's really weird. Like, that's a good, but Faldo also has the Masters, too. Yeah. Well, Faldo has Brooks three has Masters, to get a three Masters. Open Championships. You have to get a Masters, man. Wait, what would like, you rather? Would you rather three U.S. Opens and three PGA Championships or three Masters and three Opens? Because it's very clearly Masters and Open Championships. Masters. You want yeah, them. Masters. As much as you can play in the PGA Championship forever, it's just not yeah. the same. And yeah. it is the same. Like, we count the majors. They're worth the same in that totality. But it is not the same. Like, and he's been second, it feels, twice, right, at the Masters? Yeah. 
the year Tiger won, he was like tied third then, maybe second, yeah, third. D DJ ended up coming. What the hell happened to DJ? We were watching him. He was like four under on Friday. They just fell off the face of the earth. They got caught in the rain, I guess. That's exactly it. When DJ starts going badly, as you know, DJ can go very badly. Brooks is 14 to one. He's still the, he's still fourth on the betting board. I saw some criticism directed towards Rory uh, about That's his, great. about his final round. I thought that, listen, I don't think that he really cared about coming in second. I think that because he got like kind of shit on for pin seeking every hole. Well, what do you want the guy to do? If he knows that the winning score is going to be like at least seven under and he's at even, he yeah. kind of has to take on every pin. And You're right, the broadcast started shitting on him on the second hole. He was going, he was going for a six foot pot, and he missed it, and he was short sided, and and whatever. But and they so set that you, course up so that you could pin seek. I actually thought they put anyone the pins who very was under spots yesterday. Anyone who was under par through three rounds was played fantastic. Was playing fantastic. Should feel great about themselves. I get Rory has to deal with a whole different thing and people who bet Rory are betting him at a short price. So it's like a win only window of expectation, but thought he played great. Did you watch? Cause they were using uh basically the, the rabbit guys on Sunday to get us acclimated where the pins are on the course. Rom was number one. Spieth was up there as well. And then they started showing Cam Smith. Cam Smith could have been 600 through six because he, he missed a short birdie putt on two. It was either one or two he missed the short birdie putt, or maybe it was three. And then he missed another one on five. It was like, shit. He, like, he, and then he birdied six. It's like, no one's birdying six. Everyone's Everyone. just making – What? Everyone what? Everyone is screwed. Once he like has a proper setup for a golf season, everyone is screwed again. Like if he's just finding himself now because he had no like warm up to a season, like he's going to maybe dominate these next. I don't know if LA suits him, but yeah, Cam is probably going to dominate next year. If he has like a good schedule and knows how to prep himself for a season, it's going to win like going to win the masters. Maybe like Liv's got the guys. <laughs> Liv's got like six guys. Six really good well, guys. Not true. But, well, okay. And they're the characters. Give, give me the list. I mean, one live guy who you wouldn't put in that top six just finished second at a at a major championship a month ago. Phil. Yeah. I mean, Phil's. Yeah, he's the mascot. Yeah, Phil. Phil I like Phil, him. Phil's the live mascot. Like he's around. Where he's 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 um evergreen, but he's not part of like the six. With all due respect. Yeah, it's Brooks, Cam Smith. DJ Bryson. I think they're like the big four on the live tour. And then you have like the Neiman Reed, like Reed's live to win any of these tournaments. Cause he's Patrick Reed. So he's kind of on like a little Island by himself. You have a bunch of guys who are like absolutely washed up. Then you have like Neiman Gooch answer Mito, like those guys. Louis? Yeah. Louis pretty old man. Sure. But he's not that old. Uh... And Louis not in any of these majors anymore. Well, he'll be in the British Open. That's it. Um, I don't think who I mean, like Sergio Matthew Wolf. I still think Matthew Wolf is a, a, and, got and hold tremendous on. talent. There are guys on Live where you can like debate why they went, what they're doing, yada yada yada. If it can still work for them for a major, I think we've seen the true elite guys. It can still the setup. They're still fine. Your Brooks, your DJs, your Cam Smiths, your Brysons, they'll be fine. Um. I think Louie, of all the live guys, like he's literally acknowledged openly, like this is perfect for me. I just want to be on my farm at all times. I'm showing up for 14 events. Like he is, I don't want to say he's checked out. Like 
it's maybe that's not a fair thing to say the morning after a live guy wins a major, but I think he is like not even in that thought process. And maybe that's unfair of me to say, but even like, look at what he said. That's put me in the, at that thought. That's why I think that. Trying to think what else, what do you think was the more impressive feat, Tim blocks hole in one or block getting it up and down on 18. Well, in a vacuum, it's the hole in one. But I just felt like everything was going too perfectly and that he was just not going to make that up and down on 18. I don't know. It's just something in my gut felt like the fairy tale is going to have this sad ending. And I just, it's just not going to happen. Oh, he, he's been escaping all weekend and it's finally not going to happen. And like I was, I only fist pumped once all day yesterday. It's when that putt on 18 tipped in the side. I was like, that's perfect. Like, this is the, it just, it makes you feel really good. I watched that video of him talking to the guy from Colonial like three or four times. Like, it's just such a heartwarming story. Like, it's, it's, there's, if you're looking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about Jeff. I'm just saying in general, people who are looking to actually find negative things, uh, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you people? Like, get offline. Like, your penalty for being nasty to, the story about Michael Block should be that you shouldn't be online for a week because like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's poisoning your brain. Yeah, exactly. People, <laughs> the internet is poison. <laughs> if you really like, if you really like are bothered by the Michael Block story, like you've got something to Hold work on. out. How... You're not that person. You're did. not that, you're not that person. I just, there was a look in your eyes leader, at one point where I thought for Jeff's biggest rival. I don't even understand. There was a half moment there where I thought you were going to take it in a less than laudatory direction. And I felt no, like no, you no, pulled back like, the reins a bit. I could, if I cared, get really defensive. About but you're not that, one of these people. You're not one of these this people. Meme, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know when I did that. Like, I don't, I acknowledge Saturday afternoon late, like Victor and a Canadian are in the lead and I'm looking at Block's face, but it was other, that you brought up that other podcast where you said, and, and you were under oh, the impression no, that, that, was, that, that everybody was, the dislikes was that the, the take is, other than outside of the people being like really crazy angry about it, there was a take saying that the broadcast has taken a good story and annoyed it to the point where like, I want to like it, but I can't. That was a, that was a talking yes. point. And so it seemed to me also. like you were about to I was in a room position. with people who were obsessed with it. So I saw why it was resonating so well, even in my moments of like, can I show, can we watch the, the guys fighting to win or something? So I was in a room full of people like adoring it. If right. And I thought they, yeah. I, I actually thought they didn't overdo it. I thought like the entrance was you know a bit overdone, but it was a really nice moment. We got to see him on the first hole. Uh, he ends up making the par on the second hole, I think it was. That was really nice, the nice up and down or the long putt, whatever the hell it was. And then we just didn't see him for a while because he wasn't playing very well. And then he kind of came back onto the scene with the hole-in-one. It's like, oh, now he has like a legitimate chance to get in for next year, which he probably would have done anyway. Let's be real here. The guy tends to win whatever tournament this is every year to get in. But it's not like they jammed it down our throats all day. It's just when he was doing stuff, they showed it, which is all we want to yeah, see is more shots. <laughs> If you and were producing CNN at CBS, would you have done it any differently, Jeff? Would you have would you have directed that broadcast differently had it been up to you? Probably not. Like that's, what, like that's, that's what where the CBS... story was. Yeah, no, I don't I don't 
disagree. And I've watched enough CBS golf broadcasts to know exactly how they'll story tell. And I thought some of the more enjoyable parts of the weekend, even on Saturday, um, where I'm talking about um, where it was bothering me because of Victor and, and Connors, what have you, you're hearing like Rose on a hot mic, like telling him this is amazing, man, or like great job. And then hearing hot mics of like Rory or even yesterday when um, players are asking, what was that roar? And people telling them block made a hole in one. And they like, just like, in, they're like standing still applauding from like six holes away, not even knowing what happened, just hearing about it. I, I, other tour pros. It's great. I like that Rory genuinely seemed to enjoy playing with him yesterday too. Definitely. Yeah, no, that you were catching like quiet hot mics of that. Yeah, no, it seemed um, a lot of like great shots and all this stuff. So good on it. What happened to Corey Connors yesterday? I felt like if <laughs> anybody should feel really regretful, I feel like he should. This might be the best chance he's ever going to have to win a major. And, like, he recovered from that disaster on 16 to only be a stroke back or whatever and, like, played so well on Saturday uh, to the point where, like, Jim Nance couldn't get over how well he was playing. And he just sort of went gentle into that good night. And so made, I was kind of... a par save on two, like, from 100 yards out in the fairway. And then did you see a shot of his for another three hours? Yeah, yeah it was just a, it was a tough scene for... I felt uh, bad Cam for him. I felt like he just sort of let Cam it go. Kong. It kind of felt, I mean, we talked about it on the Cut Sweat Show that he was basically pulling a woodland from Pebble Beach and he was just doing all of this stuff well that he never really does, like make putts. And yesterday he just lost it across. He actually did like continue to putt like okay uh, throughout the final two rounds. But just to look at his numbers from yesterday, like he was killing it, ball striking the entire week, one of the best guys in the field. He lost a stroke and a half off the tee in the final round. He lost over three strokes on approach. Now, maybe that was he got it going bad, he fell behind, and then he's like, well, if I'm going to get back into this, I need to press it, almost like Rory. Maybe that was his mentality. He just didn't have it on Sunday okay. at all. And I think that the harder the the harder conditions benefited his style of game a lot because it kind of masked the things that he doesn't do well because everyone was just riding the struggle bus. Like, yeah, you can be the best scrambler on tour. That's great. Corey Tonner's just going to hit down the middle and hit every green in regulation. Never have to chip. That kind of thing. That when it became a birdie fest, which it kind of felt like uh, on Definitely. Sunday, that it just didn't play. He doesn't hit the ball long enough realistically i mean cam smith just made every putt that's one thing but like kitayama cam davis seb straka brooks victor scheffler all the guys that went super low on sunday just fucking mashed the ball off the tee Fair. and you had chez Reevy, who doubled 18 along with matthew neesmith because nance said that that brooks had to not double 18 and those were the only two guys that did it Anyway, can we shoot hole 14 into the sun? I'm sick of that Worst. hole. Worst. Worst hole. Yeah. I, I have not, it, not enjoy. I have an easy fix for that hole. There's two things you can do to it. Got to make the green way bigger. Got to make it way bigger. You have to put three putts into play on that green. Because I was thinking, like, there should be an element of water on that hole. But even if you took out where the bunkers are and put water in there, even if you went into the water, it's still a pretty easy up and down for par anyway. And like, again, we were talking about this, like Victor, the, the guy who played the hole the worst was Spieth because he hit it out of bounds from the bunker, which I don't think I've ever seen before on a hole. But everyone else, like no matter how poorly you hit it, you were going to make par. Bogey at worst was happening. Like that sucks for a drivable par. Like it should be a true risk reward. And it just yeah. didn't feel like there was enough risk. 
I agree 100%. And not enough people and not enough people like I think Cantley was the only one who eagled it all week. Cam Davis. And Cam Davis. So you had two. Like if Eagle was actually in play on that hole and like that's a real swing, like you can make Eagle or Par or Bogey. Okay, you can pick up two or three strokes on the field, but it was like you had it was like like a baseball thing. There were three true outcomes. Either you just had a, a tap in birdie or like yeah. a five foot birdie putt, uh, a tap in par putt, or like you missed a two foot putt for bogey. Yeah. yeah no, I agree with that. The like, only like, bogeys on that hole outside of maybe Spees were guys missing like four to six foot par putts. And that, yeah. That's just, yeah. Like at yeah. least make it like people give the 10th at Riviera shit, but that green is so weird that you can really fuck yourself and make a big number. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. So, so I, you can't hold that green. It's so awkwardly shaped from so many different chipping angles. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't like that hole. But I thought the course itself was pretty nice. Although, if they do want to rerun those vignettes about the fucking garbage plate again 10 years from now, cancel. Canceled tournament. So I didn't see any of them. Now, maybe it was just the time of day I was watching it. Saturday and Sunday, they kind of didn't talk about it much. And I didn't hear it at all yesterday. Uh, so maybe they just had to get it all out of their system on uh, fr- Thursday and Friday because that that was a bit much. But I mean, I suspect maybe this tournament will get it. This place will get it again in ten years. I know they have the PGA Championship booked up for a long way in the future. So it would people be. People were actually pretty surprised they didn't uh, formally announce the next one. But I think uh, there's um, thirty three. I think people are just, there's a lot of dates that people are just totally assuming it'll be back. There. I mean, that would make sense. It has had it every 10th year or so. They haven't got one scheduled in 31, 32, or 33. So one would think 33, another 10-year gap would make some sense. Can I hit you with one conspiracy theory before we get out of here? Probably not even a conspiracy, sure. just probably true, Tim. That sure. when Brooks and Bryson came to the tee, we, we heard a chorus of boos in the background. Do you think those were crisis booers because it was woke hill? Oh, goodness. No, I don't I don't think that's true. <laughs> All right. Do you have a one and done pick for Colonial? Oh, um Sam Burns. Have you not used Sam Burns yet? I don't think so. Let me know if I've used him, I'll use somebody else. Uh nope. Sam Burns for you for Colonial. Okay. Cool. That will do it for the recap for the PGA Championship. Colonial picks coming up next. But first, we need to say goodbye to Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. And of course, yes, that is his name. I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you. Yeah, so what you need to do right now, if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now. Because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the Pat Mayo experience, which I very much encourage you to do. Eating better is just easy with Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals, mainly because, well, yes, they are very tasty, but it's the time that they save you. Do you say you never have time to work out? Well, if you're someone that preps all your food at home, that means you need to drive to the store. You need to walk through it, make a list, get your groceries, bring them home, store them, unpack them, get the reusable bags out of the way. Then you actually have to make the meal. We're talking like two hours per meal on that. And listen, 
I love cooking things at home myself, but it takes an awful long time. Are you going to use an app to get takeout? Well, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway. Then you wait 45 minutes to get it, and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there. This is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with Factor are ready to go in just two minutes, and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do. Do you want to do calorie smart? Do you want to do keto? I'm personally trying to bulk up right now, so I'm doing the protein plus to make sure that I hit my levels every single time. I go through, I pick what I want, it shows up. I never have to think about what I'm going to eat for three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it might be for like three weeks. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% 50% off. That's code MAYO50 at factormeals.com slash MAYO50 to get 50% off. The Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits come from, where sales are coming from, then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot, for a very low cost, and it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So, Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Shade Over 7200 Yards, par 70. Once again, the link is down in the description for the Listener's League. Get that filled up right away so we can make it bigger for next week because maybe I'll ask for it earlier than I did because I completely forgot about it during the PGA Championship. Jeff, I have a winner of the giveaway too for FantasyNational.com. You ready for this? Lay it on me. Joystick won the free and well membership. And this is actually, I asked him if I could share this story. So I do want to read this to you. I, I thought this was you know, pretty heartwarming stuff. Uh, he said, uh, bear with me because I think this story is worth your time. And I read through it. I think that it is. He said, my aunt un- uncle used to bet and chat about golf together back in 2008. And they were both huge fans of me and you and the show. Uh, my uncle was a huge stack guy, and he was the lead statistician for the Nebraska University for 35 years. He decided to get a membership to Fantasy National in early 2018, and shortly after that, he unexpectedly passed away. 
Well, he used to he used to help my aunt build her teams, and when he passed, one thing that she missed the most was her late night chats about fantasy golf and making lineups and making bets. So my mom asked if I could help her out. At the time, I knew nothing about the PGA, but figured I'd give it a shot. My aunt found Steve's login, and I used it for the remainder of the year to help her. My aunt got a subscription the next year, and we just kept it going. So my aunt actually introduced me to Fantasy National and the Pat Mayo experience, and I've listened to the shows ever since. Last year was my first year of becoming a member at Fantasy National, and the subscription ran out this month. Well, on Wednesday, she passed away from complications post-surgery. Today, I got your message about winning a free membership to Fantasy National. Can't help but think she was telling me to keep grinding. She truly loved the show and be tickled that I won a membership. Appreciate all you do for the fantasy golf world and the joy that you brought my aunt. I thought that was really nice, but then I got a message from him last night. He said, holy cow, Pat. Sorry to jump into your DMs again, but the story got even more wild. On Tuesday, I visited my aunt in the hospital and asked her who was going to win the PGA Championship. I read off a few names, and when I got to Brooks, she shook her head, yes, squeezed my hand, and gave me a thumbs up. So the next day, I bet him, and he sent me the screenshot of him winning a bunch of money on Brooks Kepka. I'm crying, Pat. I'm crying. I usually only cry when, like, talking about the Chargers or something. Oh, my God. So yeah, I guess it was uh, guess it was faith that uh, Marty, your name got drawn out. So enjoy the subscription. Our hearts are with you. And I thought that was an amazing story. So just that, like, so he won the free subscription essentially, like shortly after his subscription, the subscription he was using expired, and it was the day after or the same day as his aunt had passed. Yes, like essentially. Oh, and she gave him Brooks. Oh my God! I wish my aunts were that cool. Yeah. Uh, shout out that's to- a great story that's uh, an incredible story that was worth sharing thank you for for sharing that yeah so thank you for Mar- marty for allowing me to share that on this i had to ask him first i didn't know how private he wanted that to be but i thought that was pretty amazing so um congrats yeah. marty and my condolences uh as well yeah wow. sh- shout out to sean osborne as well he won 50k in the five dollar on DraftKings as well so now that's a big win for viewers of the show. I'd love to see it. I wish I could win some money. That would be nice. Let's try to do that at Colonial. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is at the top of the betting board. At DraftKings, he is, what is he? You know, I'm looking at the U.S. Open. I was like, if he was 8.5 to 1, I'd probably bet him right now. He's 5 to 1. Finau's 12. Hovland and Spieth are both 14. Morikawa is 16. Sung Jay is 18. Homa, 20. Burns and Fowler are both 25 to 1. And Tommy, Tommy Lad is 30 to 1 on the betting board at Colonial this week. Everyone and Justin Rose is actually there as well. They're all now currently they're all dropped below 30. Ricky, Fowl, R- Ricky, Rose, and Fleetwood are all 28 to 1 in real time. And there is no one situated in the 30s because uh, Cam Davis has dropped from like 70 to 40 to 1 in the span of two hours. I bet Cam Davis at 66. I made two bets this morning. You mentioned two of them. I bet Cam Davis at 66. I bet Tommy Fleetwood at 37. I, I kind of like Tommy. I wrote him up in my column on DK Nation. I don't know if I'm going to get there as a bet to win, but based on this pricing from DraftKings, I'm guessing his DraftKings price is going to be pretty good. He hasn't lost off the tee, on approach, around the greens, or on the greens in any of his past five tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I'm just selfishly concerned. If he wins this week, would that make his like crowd or be more popular in Canada? Like, I don't know, that kind of annoys me, but I'm all, I mean... My middle name is top of the market, Tommy. Now that only leads to more losing bets. And I think the only Tommy Fleetwood winners I've hit Pat in my life are like 22 to one in Europe or like 12 to one in some Ned bank or some <laughs> bullshit. 
So he still owes me a lot of money. 37 in a field like this was like a click click. Is this actually no? It was, a, it was I had to harass people who had access to the number to make it for me. I couldn't even make it myself. So I had to lit up someone else's phone this morning. Should we think about Sungjae and Burns just after their disastrous week? At least they got to take the weekend off to, to recuperate, head to Colonial, go play. Burns is obviously the defending champ. So we would agree because, I mean, before that, and I think there's a fair conversation with both, Victor Hovland, and if you want, you could put Justin Rosen as the only true good players in this field. Oh, Scheffler goes without saying, stupid. That contend. <laughs> Right? Like, um, Victor contended at the Masters, if you want, then first round led at the RBC. You were probably getting a wine enema at that time. Um, so he responded to that. Well, what number would you for sure play Sungjae at? 25. He's 22 or he's 20. I can probably find a 25. There are 24s. Yeah. Then, yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm thinking about just betting Scheffler. Screw it. I think he's going to win. He led everyone. T- he led everyone to tee to, t- to green lat like yesterday, like for the tournament. Dude just didn't make enough. Putt. He didn't even putt poorly. He just putted average. I thought that would have been enough for him. Uh, but Brooks just made too many putts. Uh, I think Brooks gained like four strokes putting. Scotty was like 0.1 or something like that. But as long as Scheffler doesn't actively putt himself out of this tournament, I'd like to go back and look at the past winners of this event. And like last year was a bit wonky because you had that terrible wind on the final day that Burns Burns was able to post and everyone fell back. So the winning score was minus nine, but it's not usually minus nine, but if you can get to like minus 14, minus 15, minus 16, that's around the realm of where you want to be to win this tournament. And I think that bodes well for Scotty. I think that bodes well for Fleetwood. Like if it was one of these tournaments where like the Byron Nelson, where Scheffler played great, actually putted, but you had to putt so well in order to get to the number required to win, that he just wasn't going to get there. So like minus nine, minus 14, minus 15, 15, minus 13 rose at minus one at minus 20 kisner won at minus 10 so like, you shoot minus 12 minus 13 like you're live to win like scotty seems like a lock to do that all fair points it's his third week in a row you probably feel like the things that he'd been working on he feels like you see gains coming from some nut low putting that we were experiencing what like at the masters yeah. essentially i mean basically um, so post and it kind of it kind of started at match play when he missed that short putt against Burns. And then, like for a month, he couldn't putt. And last year, Pat Justin Thomas with his crazy comeback at the PGA, there were like over a hundred to one winning live number tickets on that. And then the very next week, Sam Burns, like there were live over a hundred to one tickets. It was just this back-to-back spell of like elite players making insane Sunday charges. But I remember that crazy wind that Scheffler got um, caught up in. It kind of feels like uh, it was like cruising to this one. Um, Yeah. I don't hard for me to get there on Scheffler, but the case, I mean, if he's eight to one to win the PGA and you can get him like five to one to win this, and maybe if there's an enhance, you could even get it a little higher. Yeah, the, en- the, the like, enhance gets it up to five to one. I would argue comparatively, like the five to one here feels exponentially better than eight to one last week. I agree. He almost won last week. And he almost won last week. 
he seems to play well where he's played well. I'm not calling him a Homa or a Bubba guy like to have his courses because he's so good he can transcend any course. Um, but he seems to have returned to the courses where he's played well and and done so again with relative ease. Um, that'd be like way too boring for me. Winning money, yeah. Who needs it? Is this field yeah. is this field weak enough for Fina to win? Or is it too strong at the top? It's it might be a little too strong. Comparative to the 3M, the Mexico, and the um where Houston. else? Houston. Houston. It's probably stronger than all of those. Um, uh, but another I mean, I don't know. I like where your mind is with Sung Jay and Burns. I would argue Sung Jay. I mean, what a dead fish thought last week after making that trip. Like, so stupid. So stupid. Myself, others were on it. Me? I I Um, bet it. Burns is just a natural-born winner that I I could take no... I could see him popping with no form. Uh, Most would tell you to trust Burns more than Sungjae if you're talking about an actual win. Yeah. If you want a guy to finish, like, ninth or eighth or make you feel like you're going to win on Friday, then Sungjae's, like, a great guy to bet. That's actually a really good point that Burns will let you know right away whether he's in it or not. But if he's in it, he's, yeah, got, he's Sung- got a chance. Yeah, and Sungjae's like going to a strip club. Like, you're just getting your balls fondled till like, you know, the night's over and you're still hard. Should. I, I mean, uh, I, I jumped off the train. Is it potentially time to jump on Morikawa at this course? Obviously, he lost in the playoff to Berger in the first uh, tournament out of COVID. He missed that two-foot putt in the playoff to hand him the trophy. But if Morikawa's, I mean, his game needs to be going so right for him to contend at. I mean, he did contend at Farmers. He's contended at Riviera twice now. But those are more difficult courses for his skill set. There's been so much pressure on him to be able to hit those longer irons. Like You're just not going to hit any long irons here. It's basically, can you make enough putts to keep up if you have pinpoint accuracy and precision with your irons and the first two he has and he actually putted pretty well at the pga like pretty well is a stretch he putted pretty well for morikawa he gained strokes putting at the pga championship in fact he gained across the board i don't know when i think of morikawa long term where are the places that he is going to do well it's not going to be at bombers tracks it's going to be at heritage and colonial and Wyndham and east lake and the sony open those types of courses and this is one of those types of courses Yeah, so I would rather just play like, I was looking at this this morning, and part of me, like you make the strong case for Morikawa, if you've, I don't know, if you're expecting it, he's, it's got that long drought. Would I be crazy? I'm going up a level, but like, this is ultra poor man's Morikawa, like maybe I'll just play Henley. Sure. Because you mentioned all those courses where, where like, um... You mentioned Sony, like you just made a run of course, like another guy that's just lights out with the approach and can't putt. I don't know why I might feel like I trust Henley to hit more putts and more cow this week. That might be the dumbest thing I've said. Maybe uh, I'll shut up now. Yeah, I mean, they, they both putt poorly. Let's put it that way. And even on bent, like that's the worst putting surface historically for Russell Henley, who comes in at 40 to one right now. But he, he gained four strokes on approach in two rounds of the PGA Championship. He just putted himself out of the tournament. So yeah, it was incredible. I, I, and that I, was off a of four strokes approach, I believe, the week 
before a nice little Tita greened at the Heritage. Not the week before, his tournament before. Yeah, he gained uh, 3.9 over four rounds. So he gained two basically per round at the PGA Championship. Just couldn't convert on anything. He won in he won the shell, right? Yeah, he did. He won the yeah. shell in 2017 at like 12 to 1 or something stupid. When Fowler was running away with it with Sung Kang. And then we got to Sunday and Russell Henley won. He shot 65. Uh, um. Homa do anything for you? I mean, it seems like he's sort of totally forgotten at this moment. It's not a major. I don't know what his comfort level would be at this track at the moment. I think I'm just going to stick to Homa at Homa courses. I mean, theoretically, it makes a ton of sense, right? You need someone who can putt. You need someone who can hit their irons pretty close. But he's, I don't know, just his game seems kind of all over the place at the moment. I don't love what he's doing, but we know he can... The year that we bet on Na to win and he outran Finau, I think he gained like 12 strokes putting. Like, Homa's live to do that one of these weeks. Well, that was a great win. We've had some nice wins at this. We had Kokrak over Spieth. That was a nice one. And that Na, I literally bet Na because there was a great Twitter video of him the year before, like having this great this conversation with his caddy and then hitting the perfect shot. I don't know. That was weird. Although I'm sure the data pointed to it as well um you mentioned great irons hit the putts justin rose ricky fowler as we're just sort of talking about the end of the good player segment and i don't know good players really just win events although there's some guys deeper i do like rose is interesting because his irons were on fire at the pga championship he's won this tournament before too and like his crappiness off the tee is somewhat mitigated here like he's obviously driving distance is fairly irrelevant at this course, could he go out and get it done? Yeah, I, I think he could. Like, and he's that's I, not he just won. He won at Pebble, and that would be like another like Morikawa type course where you just don't need the distance. It's all about irons and putting. And obviously, Rose putts better than Morikawa does. Like I'm the idiot who's betting Tommy Fleetwood when Rose is probably the bet. That seems that on, I couldn't. It seems on brand for you. Yeah. Um, not that I couldn't bet both, um, and try to stick with good players because good players win. Maybe this is a nice spot for Ricky. I'm seeing a number between 25 and 33 at the moment. Weirdly enough, and maybe this is completely irrelevant, but Ricky's never really played well at this tournament ever. So that's me. What about Spieth at 12? Like I like Spieth better than I like Hovland and Finau. Yes, yeah, speech showed he's healthy. Despite, I mean, he's wearing the tape. I don't really read much into. I shouldn't say hundred percent healthy, but didn't seem like it was a bother. Um, and if he was hurt, he would not be playing the week at like because I assume he's playing Memorial next week. I would guess it's an elevated event. Yeah, and then the U.S. Open for him. Um, like, there's no way he would play the week after a major if he had soreness with Memorial and another major so close. So him simply being in the field, although maybe there's another text that comes later and then, you know, he was sad to withdraw from Nelson and, and maybe that happens again. But um, yeah, I would rather speak. I'd rather speak than fee now. I'd rather speak than fee now. Okay. Which is hard for me. To, well, I don't say that much ever. I don't think. No, you really don't. But their odds aren't generally like the same. When they're both playing well. But usually when Spieth is playing well, he's way above Tony. And then when he's playing poorly, he's way behind Tony. 
Yeah, I wonder where the official people who are like never play Finau in hard fields are with this one. I don't think we can classify it as a hard field, though. No, it's not. And Finau's played, I mean, it was Na who outran Finau at the end of that tournament. Finau's played well with this course in the past. All right, so that that's the thirty to one. I I, just, I mean I don't really care about everyone over forty to one in this field. Basically, feels like shades of the same guy. So I'll give you. I'm probably going to end up betting on Cebes, who I like at this tournament. It takes out his biggest weakness, which is distance and driving in general. So hopefully, he can be around field average there. He's gained over four strokes on approach in four straight tournaments. He gained four point four strokes on approach in two rounds last week and lost the exact same amount on the greens after gaining in five straight. So I'm not really worried about him on the greens overall. So I like Bez. You can catch him as low as 90 to one, but I'll see where I can get that with the placement. So I do like Bez and I bet Bhatia at 175 to one, because like I told you, maybe I said this on the research show is that I'm just going to start betting Bhatia every week. He's good. Um, yeah, I mean, seems like the guy can just go nuclear, right? Like it seems like if it is like, he can go six shots lower than scoring average. Yes. Even when it's playing hard. Like he seems to have that element, which is something from an outright perspective. Um, you know, it's easy to bet. We bet a lot of losers over a hundred to one that, you know, from Thursday at noon, they're done. So that wouldn't, there's no different if, if he sucks. Uh, I thought you might try to sell Harris English or is this course not a place you would want him. We were, I I like, I like Harris English, but I mean, I don't know how much, depending on what I do with the top. Like if I bet Scheffler, like I'm done, they'd be like Scheffler, Bez and Batia. Um, I think it depends on the rest of what I do. He's kind of in that little middle range. Like I don't mind spawn. Uh, Bez is the same as English. I like Bez a little bit more, but Harris English could most definitely be the guy to target in that spot. I missed the Cam Davis boat and I'm not betting him at 40 to one. This is not happening. I actually like Chris Kirk better than I like uh, Chris Kirk and Brian Harmon and Siwoo in that like little range. You even mentioned Henley. I think I like all four of those guys better than Cam Davis now that he's in their range. Yeah, or I don't know. I mean, you mentioned Pebble and the short courses are just uh, Irons and Putter. Maybe Hoagie gets yeah. some love this week. Um, I guess because we're just naming anyone in front of 100. No, we, you can go beyond 100. Or so, yeah. Um, so, okay, let me find. Okay, so there is a 100, but it's like mainly 80, 90 to 1. At well, When we did the Wells Fargo show... I said, I'm 100% betting this guy at the Byron Nelson. He did not play at the Byron Nelson because I guess 40th place in elevated events pays so well that, um, you know, you don't have to go to shitty events like I might thought you'd want to. Is it Bo Hostler? No. It's Emiliano Grio. Okay. Can he make enough putts? It would have. I never bet each way. Like literally never. I don't think I've bet one in a calendar year. The actually, that's a lie. I bet one on on an, a live event on a Carlos Ortiz, and he missed it by one stroke because I felt with the field so small, you get a guy at like fifty to one and live. Maybe it's worth each way just by field size. Um, but I I can't literally remember if I do play each way. I never condone them. I don't like playing them. You cannot bet Griotto win. So maybe I'll just do what I said I was gonna do the week of Mexico. And that was just bet Griot in like other markets and have him make me money. Um, but, or at Wells Fargo, where I think he finished top, I mean, just missed the top 20. 
but yeah, that's a guy I was looking at, and I've probably already said way too many words. Uh, Ryan Fox also, but if you just want to bomb it around this place. Yeah, and you don't need to bomb it around this place is the thing. Like yeah, mid- there's just another name that I was kind of swimming uh, around that, you know, felt like maybe he's better than the names he's around. But as you would say, like, because Ryan Fox plays well in Europe, like, do you know he's better than Harris English? No, I don't. Yeah. And Harris English does have two top fives at this tournament in his career. For what it's worth. Yeah, no, we were, we, I mean, I wasn't there with the Harris English PGA championship. And I think that was more of like a DraftKings or that was never like a serious, I think he can win the tournament conversation, even by people who liked him last week. But I like for months have sort of been saying, if we see signs of life from Harris English, that's when I want to bet him. I can ignore last week and go back to that third place at Wells and think there could be something there going back to colonial at I'm seeing a 90 to one. So maybe all right do you have anyone else because i i don't no i mean i promised myself after what thomas detry did in belgium in the final round that i would take a break but there are a hundred to ones and i just see him attacking these pins and he's these are the types of fields where he'll tease me for a bit um, but no, I don't really see anyone that I want to invest in. I mean, when Seb Straka gets hot with the irons, he can be lights out, but are the iron shots this week long enough for him to be good? Yeah. That all, makes any sense. They're kind of the, uh, they're the opposite of what they were at Oak Hill where they're like yeah. the majority come from one fifty and in like, so it's to- like the like Matt Todd, Smith iron yeah, shot, like Todd, right? Todd is going to have a good week kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So we're two. It's not penal enough, and the iron shots aren't long enough for Sepp Straka to be able to like have an advantage. I guess that would be my take. I mean, watch him go yeah. out. And no, win that now. makes Tom that makes sense. Tom Jacobs did throw out that in the recent past that guys that have done well in Austin have played really well here. Like the match play, yeah. Like Kisner's won at this course, uh, Burns has won at this course. Scheffler obviously came second. Kuchers had some who, really who's nice random run. that played. Who played well? Like who's random that like did Lucas Herbert play well at match play? Like who's random? Who he, am I think he, he did. He actually did play well. Cam Davis played really well at match play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, that's really something I hadn't thought about. Um... Homa made the second round, but that wasn't really based on anything well that he did. Just everyone he played sucked. <laughs> and then he got a walkover in the final match, I think. Yeah, right. Kisner's played well here. Yeah, Kisner's won here. I just told you that. Yeah. Um, Which keeps bringing me back to Scheffler, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> easy, It's an easy game. Scheffler. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about just <laughs> dumping it all on Scheffler here. So let's get to the quick picks in the one and done. I don't really have much. I bet Batia at 175 to one. Uh, Bez, I'm searching for a better number, but you know, worst case scenario, it's going to be 75 with five places. And then I have to figure out what I'm going to do at the top. I might just go with Scheffler, and that's going to be it. Or I might do the Morikawa rose henley you kind of talk me into henley a little bit 
So that's the other path that I would take if I don't do Scheffler. Tune in Wednesday to figure out what Pat does. Uh, for me, so the bets I've made, uh, Fleetwood 37, I got that early Cam Davis 66. I Like you mentioned, I'm looking at Henley. Um, I don't know why. I've never bet the guy before, but Steven Yager and his crew are kind of calling my name, potentially. Um, that's one I'm looking at. And I mentioned Griot, Harris English. Those would be the guys. If I don't play the top, but I don't know that I'll get tempted enough from any of the 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 elite elites in the field to bet them. One in Bryson and live. Yeah, Bryson. I you told me on that. I bet Bryson on live as well. Twenty four. Yeah, to one. twenty twenty four to one is where I'm seeing it. He should be down there with like the better players on live, not with Varner and Uline like you mentioned on a live board. Come on, come on. For one and done, Tim has selected Sam Burns. I have selected Russell Henley as my one and done, and Jeff has selected Michael Block. Also, <laughs> also like Justin Rose. I like Rose too. I mean, I can see myself betting Rose. I think I'd rather bet Rose than Fleetwood now that we've talked it through a little bit. But I've already I've already used Rose and one and done, so I can't do that again. I used him the week before he won. Yeah, maybe like me saying a smart person would bet Rose, I'll bet Fleetwood should just be like, you could still bet Rose. Maybe I will. Um, I just set him for one and done, so obviously I like him a lot. Justin Rose, one and done for you. All right. We spent more time on the recap, but I don't think people are super fired up for the Charles Schwab challenge. Yeah, I don't know. This field, we got another elevated event. It's a good field, uh, though. For a week after a major and before an elevated event with another major coming up in three weeks and an elevated event the week before, this is a really strong field. I like this field. I'm gonna be, I love watching this course. I love Colonial. So, you know, I'm going to be invested into watching it either way. But I'm kind of stunned so many good players showed up. Yeah, good points. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Get 20% off any membership at FantasyNational.com at FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Play in the DraftKings Listeners League. Link down in the description. Smash the like. Sub to the channel. And that will do it for today. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Have experience! Experience!